Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very special live video version of Casual Watch Talk podcast. So we'll be doing a video version which will be uploaded to the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel, and then also an audio version that will be uploaded through your regular podcasting apps. This is a special version that we're doing because a couple of members over on the Facebook group for Casual Watch Talk have been conducting a 30-day one-watch challenge. This is where we wore one watch solidly for 30 days. I'd just like to introduce some of the contenders that we had today for the 30-day watch challenge. So thank you all for joining me. So Chris, would you like to kick it off? Would you like to introduce yourself and then what watch you wore for 30 days? So my one watch challenge was done with my Bell & Ross GMT uh, V293 GMT. I've seen it on the uh, seen it on the Facebook. It's my everyday watch. It's sort of like uh, a watch that I bought myself uh, when I got my last job. Sort of big promotion watch. That's uh, that's what I brought to the table. Now uh, we'll we'll see how we'll see how it pans out. But certainly for me, it made uh, it made me consider my collection, and not only that, but actually give some watches away for my collection. So uh, be certainly interesting to talk about all of that. Yeah, we'll look forward to that. TJ, would you like to introduce yourself and what watch you were wearing for the last 30 days? Awesome. So yeah, I'm TJ. I, I uh, tend to post on the page for aviation-related matters. And uh, so no surprise that I chose uh, an aviation watch. I went a little on a different side of the cost spectrum from Chris's choice. So it was uh, a marathon navigator for me, uh, about 300 bucks quartz. Um, you know, and you, I think everyone knows I'm, I tend to favor uh, value and attention to detail and design uh, for functionality. So I think this really hit it. I really enjoyed it. And I learned a lot doing it. And, and some things I didn't expect to realize really made me reevaluate a lot of things. So I'm looking forward to sharing that. Michael, we'd love to hear about what, what you've been wearing for the last 30 days. Did the South Baltimore uh, Diver. Uh, main thing I learned, I think, is that I eat out too much. Uh, <laughs> and watch can handle dinner very very well no problem taking it out for a meal <laughs> oh awesome uh lee i'd love to hear what watch you wore for the last 30 days <laughs> oh boy okay uh my name is uh lee uh i wore this Pagani design gmt crime against humanity <laughs> Looks great on the bracelet, by the way. That's looking good. <laughs> yeah, for those listening and not looking, the bracelet is held together by safety pins and electrical tape. Yep, uh, the yep, watch yep. lost multiple minutes every day. Um, <laughs> it has been uh, a, a fascinating experience these last 30 days. Can't God. say it's been all bad, but it certainly hasn't been all good. <laughs> well, we can't wait to hear more about it. And then finally, Todd. Todd. What watch have you been wearing for the last 30 days? I've been wearing this one for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> a 1973 6138 TAC 0011 UFO, otherwise known in the, in the sake of slang. 
uh, of uh, one of their uh, chronographs, and uh, I did not participate. I'm the conscientious objector to this <laughs> ludicrous experiment <laughs> that yes. beguiles humanity's purpose on the face of the earth. Oh, goodness. Right then. Well, I mean, I don't know how I can follow that really, but I've been wearing my Breitling B1, which is a vintage aviation quartz watch from 1997. And I really just love it even more after my 30 days with it. It has been difficult for me because I had a lot of watches in for review as well that I had to quickly wear, take a few photographs and then, so I probably didn't, I probably cheated a little bit, but it was all for the good of the viewers of the casual watch review channel. So that, that's been a great intro. So why don't we delve into a little bit more because I know there's some really good stories. So Chris, do you want to kick it off with yours first? Yeah, well, actually I'll kick it off also with the uh... I sort of want to know from the group, what what couldn't you do with the watch? So for me, uh, you know, and I see from the from the group here, it, it seems like a lot of these, a lot of this, the, the stuff that we brought here, tool watch category, certainly not going to, uh, you know, not going to be 30 day dress watch, not going to be, uh, you know, maybe maybe bashing about a vintage Seiko. Um, so I kind of want to know, like, what? couldn't you do with your watch and you know so, so did that did that affect your decision um and for me i i i'm if i can't like this thing went a couple showers uh mow the lawn yard work um i was working i i wasn't doing any mechanical work i was doing some light fabrication on the rally car uh and i wasn't i wasn't afraid uh but certainly you know keeping an eye on it when you're in the garage um and then uh, any sort of reciprocating power tools uh, was the only time i would i would take it off because uh, there's no need to to uh, smash the uh smash the jewel back and forth with uh, with anything like that but uh but certainly um it has to for me always it's got to be waterproof screw down crown sapphire i mean there's like a list of stuff for me that just kind of hits and what an everyday watch is um, and this definitely, uh, sharpened that. Um, and it's, you know, like, oh, it's going to be run where you're going to be running in and out of the garage, that sort of thing. So I'm curious to know like what, uh, how much was too much. So for me was, uh, was heavy power tool usage, but, uh, but for everyone else, uh, that's what I'm kind of curious about. So I chose one that I wouldn't be afraid of with power tools and such, but for my can't moment came when, uh, and, and I was weak and I didn't at that moment. But my camp moment was uh, a, a September 11th commemoration ceremony where it was in a, a more formal attire. And, uh, you know, I did other things after that that were more formal where it didn't matter. And I wore this and I, I was a little shy about it. And it wouldn't be my first pick normally for a dressier occasion, but no one you know, blinked an eye about it. It's, I think it, people have become so much more tolerant for what you're wearing. But for that ceremony, I just I just had to max dignify the occasion, and so I just you know I just couldn't do it. Uh, but I think that that taught me that that I'm I'm really not a one watch person. If your idea of the coolest watch you love, which is this, is something like this, you you better have something for the wedding and the the funerals and things like that, where it's just not appropriate to walk around with a black NATO and a plastic watch, and otherwise but I'm willing to push the edge of what I am willing to wear this to a lot more now 
So short of tuxedo or something very dignified, and just because it's dressy doesn't mean I'm not wearing it. But really, if, if you want to go out for a classy night out, even on a date night, I'll probably go ahead and shelf this and get something a little nicer. You know, you got to look handsome and stuff for the lady. So that's what I took out of it. Well, I can confidently say that I had no qualms about doing literally everything with the Pagani. I'm a greenskeeper at a golf course, so this thing did manual labor with me for a month. Uh, we did uh, oil changes on a couple of tractors. I had this thing on my wrist. Uh, I was waist deep in a pond. And it really wasn't until the month started to wind out that the bracelet started falling apart, that like the bezel got really loose, that at that point I started being a little bit more gentle with it, but I also knew that I was getting close and kind of didn't care. Uh, but it was fun. It was fun to have a watch that I could legitimately do anything with sleep in shower in anything how much was the, how much did you pay for that pagani design if you won the competition for the most affordable of the of the of the watches uh this thing was 85 dollars, which i figure not bad uh sapphire crystal screw down crown 100 meters water resistant uh i have the coke version the batman and the all black are ceramic bezels coke and pepsi are aluminum uh, unfortunately, I wanted the ceramic, would have gotten the Batman otherwise, but uh, so it got a little scratched up, a little dinged up. Uh, but you know, I got what I paid for. Yeah, and the um, Pagani design for anybody that's listening to this is a homage to the Submariner, is it, or is it the Deep Sea? It's a this is the GMT Master. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's a yeah, GMT it's... for. It is. It is a GMT, which uh, having a GMT function, first time I've ever had that, and it was great. I loved having that function. Is it a quartz then? or It's not, no. Oh, wow. No, it, is, it is a Chinese uh, pearl is the name of the company, uh, their GMT movement, and it is, as I understand, completely untested and untried. And uh, if you get a good one or a bad one, it is totally. So is this is uh, is this brand gonna latch onto this challenge as like a for their new advertising campaign? Like thirty days, almost. Yeah, perfect for your twenty-two day watch challenge. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Michael, was was there anything that you couldn't do with your watch? No, I, it just rubbed it in my face that I don't do anything. The, <laughs> it, it's water resistant and uh, I guess shock resistant and all this. I wasn't doing anything to test it, so it made me think I need to get off my ass and uh, <laughs> live a life worthy of a tough watch. It's nice. <laughs> it was definitely, you were showing off your sedentary lifestyle. We were all jealous. <laughs> And it is it is funny too because like you'll you'll look at like some of the complications like the GMT is a perfect example now uh, for for IT work I'll I definitely use it for you know figuring out like what time zone logs are in and what what time zone computers are in and stuff and sort of backtracking like okay what what time is it here kind of thing but like not for travel not for like going anywhere not for fun you know that sort of stuff so like yeah it definitely definitely made me feel like oh I I could be. I could move the bezel and be in Tahiti right now. Oh, well. <laughs> and it works really well because of the time change. It has an alarm that would literally wake the dead. Like it's, it's unbelievably loud, the alarm. Uh, so if you set it, you're definitely getting up. And it does have a, like a second time zone that you can set a, another alarm to that time zone as well. So you could, in theory, have it showing the two time zones if you wanted to. But it's so easy to change the hour 
the hands back, you just rotate it twice. You don't have to pull the full crown out and move the hands yourself. You move the analog bit and then the, the, mm. the hands um, mechanically move round, which is really good. But it is a quartz, nice. so it, it has those little luxuries that you can you get with quartz, like an alarm, I suppose. Yeah. It looks like uh, we have uh, another joining. Looks like Steven is here. here. I snuck in on you guys. All right. Hey, I didn't do it. And that maybe I'm maybe I'm too chicken. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's part of it is that I, I didn't think I could actually get away with doing it. If I did, I would probably do it with uh, with the G Shock, honestly. And strangely enough, just because it's so it's so practical, I feel like you want something lightweight and easy and water resistant. That's probably the biggest thing. If I was going to do it with one, I, I think I could do it with the G Shock. But yeah, I've just got too many watches to wear, and just didn't. I don't know. I I just didn't think I could I could do it. And honestly, I just didn't want to do it because I just you know variety is the spice of life. You know why why limit yourself to uh, to eating the same thing every day if you don't have to? So I think Todd had a very similar. It's exactly the same. In fact, I think that exactly you know if you have a lot of watches, then this one watch for 30 days is like child neglect. I think that it is an offense that should be prosecuted potentially because yeah. those other watches are sitting there and they're like, what are you doing? You're not loving me. Yeah. You know, you're not feeding me. You're not winding me. Oh, my oils are getting caked together on the pinions because you're not wearing me. You know, so, so that's how I took it. You know, they were talking to me and, and uh, wait, should I say that? <laughs> no, they don't talk to me. I'm sorry. No, that's just my private thing. But, uh, but no, I didn't. Uh, same thing though. Uh, I have so many. I, I switch like twice, three times a day, depending on what I'm doing. I do triathlon training in the in the mornings too, and so I have a um, a, uh, a G- GPS watch that mm-hmm. swims and runs and bikes, and I keep track of everything. iPhone app, and so I, I would have had to wear that. But it's kind of this big. I should have brought it with me. It's kind of this big gaudy thing. It's a Garmin. It's a nice watch, uh, but um, I, I wouldn't all the time. Uh, anyway, I guess I could have, like you said, the G-Shock would have been another great example. But uh, there's just too much, too much variety in life. Life is to be enjoyed. So yeah, you know, For that's sure. why we have oregano. Oregano is there to so <laughs> enjoy life. It doesn't serve any other purpose. So the same thing with you have multiple watches. You should you should wear them. Yeah. That's my objection, I, and that's why I dissented. <laughs> I think you have it. I certainly, when I finished it up, I everyone was sort of talking about. I think uh, TJ posted like, "What what watch are you going to next?" You know, like, "What's the one you're going to immediately grab?" And uh, probably day like eighteen, nineteen, I was like, "I don't need another watch. I'm fine." And I couldn't hear the like screams from the watch box that apparently haunt you, uh, Todd. Uh, but uh, but so I couldn't. And then I was like, "Ah, yeah." And then like day twenty five, and then it was like that weekend was coming. You know, the weekend, and I was like, the watch was up that weekend, and I was like. Yeah, so I'm going to be immediately grabbing a white dial Zen 104 because I haven't seen it in uh, 30 days and it is an amazing watch and it has to go on my wrist and I'm going to go to the lake and, you know, I for that definitely cemented, you know, the spice of life comment, which is, you know, life is just too short for one watch. Like, so at the same time, it also uh, sort of calibrated, you know, for me, it calibrated, am I a connoisseur? Am I a collector? And like, where am I on that journey? And, you know, do I need, do I need more of the, you know, do, do I need every one of the certain one or do, you know, this sort of, this sort of thing. Um, and it ultimately, it, it 
led me to look at a couple of the watches in my watch box that I just that weren't getting any attention. And I ended up giving them away to a friend, which is great, feels great. They were just starting to get on their watch journey. And a uh, Hamilton khaki is like a it's like a first starter, you know, standard issue. Like if anyone's getting involved in this, uh, you know, crazy hobby, or if you know someone that like would appreciate a mechanical watch, I mean, that is just a, you know, that's just sort of a no brainer, easy, you know, affordable, but um, amazing Swiss watch that, you know, get, get them going on that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so Seiko, no, no more Seiko Diver, and uh, I used to have a Seiko Turtle, and gave that away. And uh, the Khaki King is is out of the collection, so now it's uh, now it's just down to down to the core. So that's a good um, question, isn't and, it, Chris? For for everyone, what watch did you go to immediately after? Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Well, I'll say I did not immediately go to anything, and that was that shocked me. Uh, I, I couldn't decide among the others, but so I think. Maybe I'm, I developed a mindset and recognize it that's opposite of the variety of the spice of life approach, which is more of I'm, I'm looking for the watch that's my favorite. I'm, I'm looking for a watch that I never want to take off. And if I have two watches that both are in the same category, like dressy or pilot or whatever, I want to zero in on the very best one. And at that point, then I don't want to wear the other one because the, this one's the best. And so I think for me, this turned into probably a future of a two watch guy or probably three, right? Cause I scuba dive. And so I definitely want to dive watch, but I don't, I don't wear those as, as what I, as my passion, but for pilot watches, I want one that's like, I would take to the cockpit today. And then I want one that's more dressy. That's more a nod to history and so on. And to me, I, I'm, and I haven't found necessarily the ideal one of that yet. Uh, so that's something I'm excited to, to find, but I guess I'm just getting more and more picky. Like the slightest detail now, I'm aware of it. And and, and I get more, I condemn design choices more and more frequently. And so I'm just really looking for perfection. And uh, and so I'm not looking for a variety. I'm looking for uh, perfection. So that's a different way to do it, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and you also mentioned like appreciating what you have, which again, that's, it comes with that too, which is. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I, I used to just go in these spurts where I would wear a watch for, several weeks and then then you pick up the other one that you haven't looked at and it looks different now because you haven't it's not you haven't seen it every day um and so for a while i was doing that but uh this just sort of i finished these 30 days like i love this i'm not sick of it and i don't want anything else and i looked at all the others and i said i don't want any of these i want the one i'm wearing right now and that felt great that's cool let's hear from maybe lee lee what what, what'd you go for after the uh pagani uh i could not get this off my wrist fast enough. Uh, <laughs> was that because I, the safety pin went what? through the skin or? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't help, didn't help any. Uh, uh, no, I went to uh, my favorite of my watches, my uh, Speedmaster Automatic. It's a classic. It's a Valjuice 7750. It's, you know, standard dial layout with the date window and just it it's a comfortable place for me it's it's comfort food in watch form it's the watch i love the most and it it's barely been off my wrist since okay and is and would you uh, uh work with the speedmaster uh no speedmaster i don't take to work i usually wear a dial okay. Work. Um, okay. I, okay i get too wet too often to trust a speedmaster yeah yeah well michael did you did you go for another what did you go to after your 30 days I think the it wasn't taking it off. First thing I did was 
put my smartwatch back on. Oh. I needed my notifications back, so I went back to the Schwarzkopf uh, digital <laughs> nice. and analog. In the, but I did put the my little cheapy Ferrari. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like nice. that one. That's pretty good. So I did put a little variety with that one, too. But that's, I really missed the notifications. I didn't want to grab for my phone every time, but you have to if you only have a mechanical watch. We talked about it on the podcast, but I wore the Walbrook that Chris kindly changed the movement on. So I was been wearing that for a bit. Uh, I wore it on a Tropic strap. I got sent... I'll do a review of it because it's, it's an interesting story. I got sent an actual trop- Tropic strap from Synchron, who make the isoframe straps. They own the trademark to Tropic. So I've been wearing it on that, but I'll have to do a review because it's, it is different than... They, they apparently they designed it based on the original Tropic strap. It is a lot different than some of the other Tropic style straps that I've worn before. So that was my, the Walbrook. And then I had to do a bit of time with the Nuvea that I've been reviewing. Uh, I got quite a few micro brands sent in. It seems to be a bumper season for micro brands at the moment. So I've been having to give them a little equal wrist time for to wear them for reviews. I'm curious to know uh, from, from maybe Stephen and, and Todd, uh, you know, talking about watch collection size, I... I think I'm down below, I think I'm down below seven now. I think I'm down like six. Um, obviously, there are the watches, you know, that I, I almost don't count. And Sam and I talked about it in this pod a bunch of times, you know, the the watch you get married in or the like watch from the grandfather or something that's just, you know, that's just is like off the table. But as far as like the watches in the box that could come and go, um, I probably am down to like six or seven. Uh, curious to know what uh, what everybody's uh, collection size is, and and to start with the folks that uh, that uh, couldn't stick with one and and enjoy collecting. So, gosh, how many do I have? Um, I think I have about thirty. Yeah, there's more than that. So about twenty four vintage Seiko chronographs uh, okay. that are with me now. There's a couple that are at the uh, at a rest. At a, restorer still and I, I i cycle them through when i pick them off ebay and stuff they go through the cycle um i've got i'm looking at my watch bench i got four on that i'm not counting those those are future restorations mm-hmm. i've got my turtles and my speedy and my hamiltons and stuff like that so it's probably like 30 35 maybe somewhere in that round so now do you find that uh so for your seiko collection uh do you find that if you have an example of something uh, that maybe is in, if you can find one that was like in a better c- condition for a particular model, w- would that fill in and you would maybe let the other one go? Is that, is that the kind of, is that the kind of type or a collection? Right. So okay. that's what I would do. So if I get a, if I get a model, that's the same as one I have, which I usually don't mm-hmm. try to do that. Um, but I just did it recently because I thought I was going to use it for a parts watch, but when mm-hmm. it came in, it was so nice. Yeah. But I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. This is too nice of a watch. So I'll probably sell that one and probably make a, a few dollars on it too. Yeah. I'll sell that one. And then that'll turn over into a restoration cost. Interesting. And how about Steven? Yeah. So, I mean, when I first started collecting, um, I started collecting vintage Seiko. Um, that's really how I got into this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's super accessible. Um, obviously, <laughs> I feel like we've talked to this to death already uh, on this channel numerous times. But um, I think when I first started, I was probably like 
trying to just get uh, quantity over quality. And so I think the biggest my collection ever was was maybe about 30 or 40 pieces. And um, earlier this year, it was up to 20. Uh, and I got it down to about 10. And I started buying again. In fact, I just bought one. I just got another watch today, unfortunately. So now I'm up to about 15. Where I would ideally like to be, I would love to be a three-watch person like TJ. That's my, right. that's my dream, but that's not my reality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's very admirable. I mean, I think that it's, it's great if you can cut it down. It's, it's, it's extremely easy to acquire a large collection. It's extremely difficult to pare that collection down to a very small number of pieces and, and, and know this is what I own and um, I'm not going to buy anything else. But I think part of it for me is that it's a hobby. And so I, yeah. I like to buy and sell. I like to constantly get new, new stuff in yeah. and, and try new things out. And so, you know, for me, I always yeah. have kind of a big collection. Some. Something, uh, you know, it, it keyed in something that I, I don't think I mentioned on the channel and maybe I'll do a little show and tell here. Uh, but this, this is where I feel like I'm halfway in between. You know, I want to be just like you, you said, uh, you know, I, you want to be like a three watch guy, but like it's hard. And, you know, as uh, the, the difference between collector and connoisseur, did you get to be first, first Omega in space? I don't know if you guys can see that, but, uh, so I, I have a fascination with, uh, early Bell and Ross. Uh, that were manufactured by Zinn. And uh, I managed to acquire one. And then on a whim, uh, and sort of by luck, I managed to acquire two of them. And so then there's this uh, there's this advertisement from the 90s that I actually framed. So this advertisement is just, you know, it's uh, it's got uh, helmets in, hanging out, the space shuttle, you know. Uh, it was the uh, Zinn first, first chronograph in space, second chronograph in space, automatic chronograph in space. But, uh, but, uh, one of the things that, uh, one of the things that it has is, uh, I, I, I managed to get two of the watches on here. So I have like the, uh, the 103 and the 144. It's, uh, definitely one of those things where if they were to come up, I would be the collector. There's a couple on that, on that list that if I could find in really good condition, then I just have to like go for it and forget the whole like three watch thing and just be a collector. So I feel, I feel, I feel you guys, Todd and, and, uh, and, uh, the folks that, uh, you know, that collect. So, uh, yeah, deep down, yeah, we'd, I think we'd all like to be just a three watch person, but I'm not there yet either, by the way, I'm at six, but, Gosh, you know, six. and I feel it's too many. No kidding. There's a couple of them. I don't wear at all. Uh, one of them's kind of set aside from my youngest son. My Speedmaster is set aside for the oldest, but that's what I do wear when I'm dressed up. Um, but yeah, I can really pare it down. I'm still looking for something in the, along the lines of the uh, of those Zins and Bell and Rosses of the vintage you described, Chris. I mean, they're just 60s and 70s era or the uh, those kind of some military issue pilot watches by compacts with a, a lapse time bezel like Leonidas and the, you know, from the sixties and seventies, that's the look I'm looking for. Um, maybe Damascus in something like that. So that I still think there's a great $2,000 tool watch in my future at some point. Um, and maybe it's tied into retirement or something like that. Um, so I, I still have that sense of searching. Uh, which is exciting because the Speedmaster is my son's already. I, it's not really mine, so I, clearly I need something. I guess if I if I ended up being satisfied and okay, I got my three watches, I'm good. 
it would almost be slightly disappointing, wouldn't it? Yes. I don't know. Actually, no, I don't think so. I think it'd be magical. I think it'd be magical and I would just look at it all the time and be super happy. But you know, that's not true. That's, <laughs> no, that's not, you, you just described not life. That's not right. Life. Yeah. <laughs> not the life of what you'd like to know. I suppose, uh, I, well, I think what would be really interesting, is there any interesting stories about the people that did the 30 day watch challenge or something about the watch that surprised you or like an interesting story? I'm sure like Lee, you've definitely got one, I'm sure with your Pagani. Um, yeah, I had a, a lot of interesting experiences with this watch. Um, I, uh, because it was losing about two and a half minutes a day, uh, I took it to a watchsmith that I've used a few times and he was unimpressed, thought he was going to throw me out on my ear. Like I, he, he took the back off and just like put his head in his hands. Um, I, I, I felt bad bringing this to him. It felt like, you know, I was offending him with this watch, the bracelet falling apart, just like pulling my sleeve up and the bracelet just falls on the ground. It was it. And it was the actual like pins in the bracelet. Nothing to do with the like. Yeah, it's the it's the so the end link, it's solid links. So the end link. If you can see the end link is is there and fine. It's the link between the end link and the bracelet that the pins came apart on both sides. I, I'm going to say a design flaw. So did they wear um, down then? Did the pins wear down or how did they fail? Um, they felt poorly manufactured, <laughs> honestly. They fit into the groove. Just it wasn't snug. It, it clearly seemed like... Uh, so I've... I've been on a few different Pagani um, forums and whatnot to try and, you know, get support and the like. Um, and the watch that I have is referred to as a Friday afternoon watch. Everything that could go wrong did. Bezel bounces, bracelet disintegrated. It's a common enough problem that they they have names for it. So, Michael, did you have any uh, interesting stories with your watch or anything you noticed during the 30 days? What was funny for me was that uh, somebody before it started turned me on to one of those uh, those uh, apps where you check how how uh, slow or fast your watch is. So I was checking that and I was really into it and it was about, I think, 11 seconds fast or something like that. So I had these numbers in my brain about how uh, it was just a little bit off, a little bit off, a little bit off. And then eventually it was like five minutes fast. So that was sort of the joke in my head was that it, it's not it's not that the watch is too fast, is that now I have five minutes set ahead, so I'm never late. <laughs> Where it really got funny was that towards the end of the month, uh, I was thinking these numbers, okay, it's just five minutes fast. Somebody said the time, and I looked at my watch, and they said, for example, they said, like, oh, it's, it's, it's 4 p.m., and I looked at my watch, and I was like, it's not 4 p.m. It's like 1 p.m. It, it, it turned out my watch had died and I never had even realized. So it didn't matter that it was five minutes fast, two minutes fast, because I had set it down and I don't do anything. And then the, the watch was just completely, totally off. It was hours and hours wrong time. So I was like, ah, oh, mechanical watch. <laughs> I noticed that in the middle of the night, uh, I can find the toilet with this tritium. Lid. <laughs> 
no kidding, just kind of looking over at your own wrist in the middle of the night, there's a little glowing spot in the middle of the bed. So it's probably not good for me. Getting, you know, a couple rads, a so, couple rads, it's fine. <laughs> and, and the, uh, the, you know, the, I'm kind of, I, I always resisted a 12 hour bezel thinking that, you know, it'd be confusing, but I, I love it. And I used it for, we get, um, weather briefings are always in Zulu time or GMT UTC time. And so you have to sit there, convert like, oh, they all tropical storm force winds will hit your area at this time. You're like, oh, that's really helpful. So I actually find that super handy. And I was really glad I was wearing it during that last tropical storm and the one before it. So it's very, very useful. It, it's it's a lot different for me than I, I think I actually wouldn't uh, respond well to a traditional GMT watch where it just says current time in this other time zone is X, where I like the conversion scale because I want to I'm getting a lot of briefings and things that are. Um, that are in future time. And I want to be able to, to look at a weather brief and see, you know, are these thunderstorms going to develop during my flight or during my land approaching my land time, that kind of thing. So uh, I like the conversion scale aspect of the 12 hour bezel, an unexpected surprise for me because I resisted 12 hour bezels for years thinking that they'd be disorienting or confusing because it's not the full 24. And now it turns out it's better for me. So it's a win. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. My, my watch has, a bezel on it but it's a countdown like a reverse countdown bezel which i'd not had on a watch before but with it being brightling it kind of goes in both directions because it has the measurement scale so i tend to use the bezel a lot less but then it does have a stopwatch on it also which is good also it does have a, a light that illuminates in the night so that's really pretty cool that you can just press it and it comes on which is is handy when you're traveling because especially when you're in like unfamiliar surroundings you can just like scramble for your watch and then press it press it on so that actually worked out quite quite well for me so i don't know if i'm getting like a new fondness for quartz after being such a mechanical advocate for all of these years <laughs> yeah for for me it's uh speaking of quartz accuracy for me was the was the accuracy of like very important to me and so i kept track of it uh and it uh i was this is the app that i was using michael had mentioned uh we kind of talked about it uh and i've got an average rate of uh 0.2 so it uh it only gained about 20 seconds for the month uh so it was very very uh yeah yeah it was very uh very it, here though 0.5 oh there, right. Probably right along those lines right <laughs> uh sam was saying his was super accurate yeah this has got uh it's not the super quartz with a thermocompensated in there but for some reason it's just super accurate even if i check it now it's not got atomic time sync or anything like that it's really uh it's the most accurate quartz i've had which is amazing considering it's you know from 1997 when everybody else was doing the 30 day watch challenge the reason why you thought you couldn't do it or was there something you thought about maybe doing it but you what kind of stopped you from doing it i mean I just have a large collection. I, I like to wear lots of different watches, just depending on my mood. And um, and so I think for me, you know, do I think I could do it? Yes. But, you know, again, I would compare it to like eating the same food every single day for a month. If I had to eat rice every day for a month, I could. But do I want to eat rice every day for a month? No, I don't. So I think that's, that's really what it came down to is I just, you know, I, I personally, I don't want to do it. I applaud everyone who, who does do it because I think it's a great thing, but um, I, I just have, you know, I have a lot of variety in my, in my watch case and I want to wear something different every day. So that's, that's really what it came down to for me. Yeah. For me, it's, I, I've done it before when I was, uh, 
six months in Cambodia, the only watch I wore was a Timex Ironman uh, wow. that six months. And it was just it's because that was the most appropriate thing and you didn't have to worry about it and it worked. Uh, and then, you know, when I was younger, of course, I had, a, I had a, my 1984 uh, Seiko Sports 100 chronograph that I bought new in 1984 that I still have. That was my only watch all through college. And after that, you know, for years and years, it was like the only watch I wore. So, you know, I've been there, I've done that. And, uh, and so there wasn't uh, a lot of incentive for me to really kind of soul search and find you know, what I was thinking and where I want to go uh, when there's so many vintage watches out there that it's screamed to have a home for someone, you know, with someone who loves <laughs> and will care for them. Yeah. And so because, again, I'm uh, you know, my altruism is coming out again because I yeah. need to, the desire to do all this. And, you know, e you know, every time you see stuff on eBay, again, it's like, oh, I don't have that one. You know, and you start planning ahead. And I have a, a follow up question for, for Todd and Steven. Uh, with your vintage stuff or with your maybe your your different watches that you have in collection, do you do you find that um, you will you will wear, you know, what's appropriate? Like you, you're certainly not going to, you know, you're certainly not going to shower with the uh, vintage Seiko, I would assume. No, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't wear a watch in the shower, so that's not yeah, yeah. or you know, yeah, or pool or lake or whatever. Or yeah. wearing yeah. or like if I'm out mowing the yard, you know, I'll wear the Garmin or I'll wear right. the G Shock and that sort of thing. And then I'll come in and I'll switch it out. Uh yeah. sometimes I do what um what Michael does. I'll wear the now that I work when I work from home, I'll wear the uh Garmin on my right wrist to keep track of the you know, vitals and stuff, and I'll wear my whatever watch of the day I want to put on the left wrist. So I do the sports yeah. call too. I yeah. have a question for them though. That oh, okay. I, right. This popped into my mind. You know how the fashion watch is sort of like the anti watch, but thinking about you guys having so many watches and wanting to change them around, do you think that crosses back over to the fashion aspect of wanting to have a different looking watch and different colored watch? It sort of crosses back to fashion, right? Hmm. I guess it does in some ways. That's an interesting point. Well, I, yeah. I think for me as well, it's it's a uh, it's a um, what uh, a mental disability or something like that. I mean, any any you know anyone who collects something has got to have some some sort of a, a, a neurological issue or it's a or it's some sort of a habit. And and I I come from a family of collectors. I mean, you can see behind me, I've got uh, paintings of baseball cards on my wall. I've collected all sorts of things. And so I think for me, it's just a natural progression. Like, you know, I start off with one or two, probably just like everyone else. I had my one or two mm -hmm. watches that I, you know, through college and, and, you know, when I first started my career and then I slowly started to get into watches because I had a good friend who, uh, who was living overseas and he was actually buying and selling watches on, on eBay. And so he started telling me about, hey, I've got these watches for sale. And so that kind of piqued my curiosity. And so I started collecting more and more. And so I think for me, it was just, it was just a natural progression. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm interested in collecting a lot of different things. And I definitely do like that fashion aspect as well. Um, I, I mean, I, I love art. I love, um, uh, you know, beautiful looking things. And I think uh, watches are extension of that. So I think you're definitely on to something, Michael. Mm -hmm. Everyone, I think, was not necessarily afraid of getting, getting watch, watches scratched. Uh, uh, Sam 
sort of cheats because he he he's pre-scratched his right leg. <laughs> yes, it came scratched. It came pre-patinaed. <laughs> Do like a GoFundMe to get uh, Justin's uh, uh, watch back together. <laughs> I'm sure I've got because I mean this is going to could... take some serious money. <laughs> yeah, we'll get uh, get a razor wire for it. Get the razor wire strap. Right. There you go. Yeah, uh, a new strap would be good, but I I feel like it's got a lot more problems to deal with. <laughs> I think I, I think on like day like ten or whatever when it was it was losing like a minute, and I was like, oh, you'll have to send it to me so I can so I can uh, regulate it or at least attempt to look at it to see. <laughs> and, and now I'm like, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a massive massive uh, effort I think <laughs> to get that. I'm I'm going to send it to you with no return address. <laughs> <laughs> it's, be it's, yours. Just, it's just right. It just shows up in the PO box. You're like, where's this from? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear God! Oh dear God! <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, I think you that should would do be... a Viking funeral for it, perhaps. Yeah. If you can't get it to work, I think you should do something as a for a video and just send it up in flames, you right. know, and and, yep. and blow some ceremonial horn, and you know, <laughs> I do whatever is appropriate. A wood chipper at work. So <laughs> I'll see what I can come up with. I'll talk to the boss. See what kind of uh, sense of humor he's got. Yeah. Well, our fake Seiko is going to get is going to be a very horrible end at some point. So maybe the Pagani can can meet that same end. We get the test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll test the uh, we'll test the watch crusher with the Pagani first, and then we'll and then we'll move on to the Seiko, <laughs> the fake Seiko. So, TJ, do you want to kick it off, like, final, kind of the summary of the 30 days and any final thoughts you had after you've completed your 30-day watch challenge? Yeah, I guess I'll say I just enjoyed doing it. Um, You know, I was not going to do it, and I just resisted it for a while in my head, and then I just embraced it. And um, it, it actually turned out to be easier and easier as I went along with it, which was interesting. I thought it'd be, it'd be getting more difficult. Uh, but really, you know, for me, it's just one of those exercises and do something a little bit different, think a little bit different, gain a new perspective, because I think we can get in a rut um, and not appreciate things or just sort of it just kind of runs away on its own momentum. So every once in a while, an exercise like this just pulls the reins, makes you wake up and look at things afresh. And then you leave the experience a different person slightly with a new perspective. That's that's the huge win. So, um, yeah, I'm just really happy I did it. I fell in triple love with the watch I chose and I I feel like I've got a better sense of where I want to go with my three to six, you know, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm more aware and more prepared to make good decisions for it in the future. So I, yeah, it helped me define and understand things that I was just sort of just doing on autopilot, but now I'm more deliberate. So I think that's a huge win. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Michael, do you have any final thoughts after your 30 day challenge? With me, I, I realized that I really am casual watch guy, and I do only have those three watches. And uh, I think I can very easily enjoy watches from a distance, you know, like seeing what you guys own, seeing them at the store, seeing them. And I don't necessarily have to like buy more and have more hmm. in the collection. Watch appreciation. Good enough. Yeah. yeah. For you. Oh. Good. And uh, I guess, Lee, any final thoughts from you on your, your summary of your eventful 30-day watch challenge? Yeah, um, I, I definitely have a much deeper appreciation of quality um, <laughs> and that you really can't cut corners. That um, I, 
$85 watch that has a sapphire crystal and a screw down crown and a display case back is going to have some serious deficits in other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, you just, you get, you really do get what you pay for in the, the world of mechanical watches. <clears throat> and yeah, my appreciation of a well-made watch has definitely been greatly improved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. definitely, uh, definitely took for all of us uh, who, you know, maybe picked our sort of our favorite out of our collection. It was a uh, it was fun. Uh, it was fun watching Lee uh, and his uh, sort of trials and tribulations. I also definitely learned that you have to have a sense of humor with this, that <laughs> you have to be it has to be fun. Right. And a big part of why I chose this watch was I knew that in worst case scenario, I was going to get some good stories out of it. There I was going to laugh and for the money it's well worth 30 days of entertainment i guess Stephen first and then todd if you had any final thoughts on or how how crazy you think we were for doing the 30 day watch challenge or any thought words of wisdom for for any of the viewers and listeners so if you've um if you're familiar with the master classes that you can see advertised one of my i'm a you know engineer physics guy uh and so neil degrasse tyson who's one of my favorite physicists he teaches a master's class on thinking and he says, uh, his summation of it is that there are, there, there's, there's personal truths, there's political truths, and there's absolute truths. And I think it's clear from this discussion today that we have seen the absolute truth that a single watch for 30 days is not natural. <laughs> it's not what nature intended for so, us to do. So well, that I, I feel reinforced with that. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's very admirable thing um i i mean i think it's awesome i i mentioned before i i feel like i'm kind of a chicken you know because uh i i have a big collection i don't want to do it um do i think i could do it yeah but uh, you know it's it i think it would be challenging for me um and i, I do think it's very admirable and uh you know i get the feeling from tj and michael and and you know lee that that you know they really learn something about not just about uh, what they like, but maybe also about themselves at the same time. And I think that's, that's a really great thing. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, be happy with what you have. Maybe that's yeah. the, the moral of the story here is, is, uh, uh, you know, we shouldn't take things for granted. And so I think that's a, uh, that's a great takeaway from this. So I, I, I think it was a great idea and, uh, I, I think other ideas, uh, would would be fantastic. Other challenges of some of some way or some sort. So, mm. welcome. yeah, interesting, mm. cool. Now you need the thirty watch a month challenge. <laughs> that one <laughs> right. I can do, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Right, get the get the collection ready. Todd and, right. and and I could do that, no problem. Yeah. We'll do that one. Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I think for me, um, you know, you 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 sort of hit that, um, uh, Stephen, with you know. Uh, if you have, if you, if, as far as an exercise, if you have any questions sort of about who you are as a collector or a connoisseur that sort of like answering that question, um, this definitely gets your mindset. Um, I was certainly struggling when, you know, and we've talked about it on the pod where we're in quarantine and, you know, we're just making poor decisions. Like we're pulling up Amazon and we're making horrible decisions, period, let alone with buying watches and, and, and other things. Uh, and it, 
definitely help to sort of sharpen that up and say like what's important what's not important what what watches are you know the the can stay in the collection what what watches sort of represent me as a person um and that i enjoy having on my wrist um so definitely uh definitely encourage it for those maybe just starting out or you know don't know if you are are that collector or that connoisseur or still uh, sort of getting your way um but yeah it's a lot of fun yeah and I'd, I'd second that i think wearing the one watch for 30 days made me kind of appreciate appreciate the watch and also kind of got me a little bit out of the cycle of obsessing over the next watch that i was going to buy and it made me think a lot about where i wanted to go next in the collection i think i mean i've got a biggish birthday coming up and i keep toying with the idea of need getting needing a watch for that to celebrate that um but now i don't think i think i'm going to definitely have a, a longer think about it because this this old breitling which really stole my heart which is totally different than anything else i've really ever owned um I've quite quite enjoyed wearing it, so it's been a it's been a lot of fun. So a big thank you to everyone from the Casual Watch Talk Facebook group that took part in our thirty day watch challenge. Although Chris and I didn't invent it, we do have to say that uh, it, I think it was a uh, another watch YouTuber, but we've definitely stolen the idea. Yeah, yeah, the watch fast uh, or the uh, random Rob had it for uh, the thirty day challenge. So. Uh, lots of guys have talked about it. We, uh, you know, took it up. We took the challenge. Thank you for everyone. If you've got any comments, head on over to the Facebook group. If you want to ask us any questions about the 30 day watch challenge, as always, we appreciate you listening and also watching for this special episode. 